What's going on, everybody? It's episode 178 of the Masterclass. My name is Cam, of course, and, uh, well, his name is Dave. What's up, sir? Well, we're at six years. I know. Which we'd been kind of leading up to, and then I ditched on you last week. And you, so... you know, you had to do parent things, and that's okay. There will be times Yeah, Olivia made me. Olivia made you... <laughs> She made me take her to the airport at the wee hours of the morning. We still like her. Maybe me, yeah. more so me, because I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night and take her to the airport. <laughs> it wasn't the middle of the night. It was okay. And even that night, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should have recorded. And then like the next morning, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was the right decision. <laughs> that was the right decision. Because well. so, I did fall asleep before 9 o'clock. And then even with that, I was still very tired the next day. So... And I had to training. I had to train people. Oh, so, so you had to really like, uh, just you like, had to like be, had to, I had to be on. <laughs> you had to fake it, Dave. Yeah. And that was okay. That I, did, that I didn't mind, but yeah, it was just funny. Cause you have that, like those moments of like, Oh, should I, shouldn't I, mm -hmm. then you don't, and you kind of regret it. And then, yeah, I was in this place of like, no, that was a good idea. Cause I was very, very tired the next morning. So thank you for allowing me to. Take a night off. Oh, you are welcome. I am benevolent as I am handsome, David. Which means not very. You took 100% of my income. Anyways, so today is January 12th of the year of our Lord, 2021. And, well, something pretty crazy happened about a week ago. Dave. And our episodes are usually delayed by a week or two, because um, that's just how we roll. So uh, when you hear this, this will be very old news. Um, but some, some folks decided to go to Washington, D.C. on the 6th when Congress was going to ratify in the Electoral College votes for the presidential election. And, uh, you know, which is their right to go to D.C. and to protest and to march and to do all of that. Uh, but then things got a little, um, well, a lot of out of hand. When they broke into Congress and... All hell broke loose. Is that <laughs> is that a okay way to describe sure. it? Anyhow, no. the whole thing is is a dumpster fire of epic proportions on so many levels. But we wanted to take some time in this episode to address what happened, specifically because of the tightly knit narrative that involves the Christian faith in what the folks there were doing and support and were claiming. So it's very important for Christians to have discussions on not just that incident, but the many incidents and uh, conversations and accusations that have gone on in the last five years. We, you know, leading up to Trump's candidacy, his his time on the um, campaign trail, his presidency up, up to now. So 
that was a calm intro because I'm trying to <laughs> prolong the inevitable, which is me and Dave getting really upset. Um, <laughs> and and before we before we get in, I will claim I am not a Republican. I am not a Democrat. I'm not extreme right. I'm not extreme left. I sit very happily in the middle. There are some things about democratic politics that I enjoy and some that I think are stupid. And there are some things about Republican politics that I approve and uphold and some that I think are stupid. Anything on either extreme, I'm not cool with for a number of reasons. So before we get into this conversation and I start sharing my opinions, I want you to know where I stand politically. I am not a liberal. I'm not an extreme leftist. You can throw accusations all you want if I if you disagree with me, but I sit firmly in the middle. A little left in some areas and a little right in others. So I just wanted to get that out there so that if you disagree with what I'm saying, you can disagree and that's okay. But this is where I'm coming from. As someone who believes what the Bible says to be true and thinks that both parties get some right and get a lot wrong. So that's all I'll say about my end. So I will say I am still a registered Republican and I have been strongly Republican, fairly conservative, um, until I would say about 2017. Um, my wife and I, if you've listened to us for a while, adopted our son from Haiti. And when we first went down to there, which would have been about the fall of 2010, We stayed at a house. Uh, well, the house was owned by the mother of the guy who ran the orphanage where we adopted our son. And next to her, we, she allowed us to stay in her bed. She gave us her bedroom, her bed, uh, as we were her guest, which is common in Haiti. And next to her bed was a framed 8 by 10 uh, kind of collage sort of, um, yeah, I'll just call it a collage. And it, it had Martin Luther King on it and it had Obama on it. And underneath Martin Luther King, the, the, the phrase was, I have a dream. And then underneath Obama, it said, I am the dream. Oh, wow. And in 2010, my wife and I found that slightly humorous. We weren't, we weren't, we weren't belittling it. We weren't, but it just was that I think that demonstrates where we were politically. I think it demonstrates, you know, our belief of, um, it, it just, it just seemed cheesy to us. It just seemed, um, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll admit all kinds of things of, in terms of my bias and my perspective at that particular point. So, I will just tell you that the the Trump presidency in particular has caused me to really evaluate where I stand politically. 
And I will tell you that in 2017, the prayer that I began to pray at that particular time was, God, show me what I have wrong that I think that I have right. And um, I have a nearly 20-year career in law enforcement. And so that was a little bit of my, my perspective in terms of praying that prayer of just saying, God, I just feel like there's a lot of things that I have accepted because of how I was brought up, where I live, who my friends are, who I work with. Um, so, yeah, um, that is my perspective on things of somebody that has, I feel like I've been on a very unique journey over the last three or four years. Um, as you can imagine, uh, my son being adopted from Haiti, he is black. Uh, so that was a factor for me as well in beginning to question some of the things that I believed, um, mainly based on things that I began to experience as a parent of a black child. So, uh, yeah, I was conservative for a long time, Republican for a long time. I would consider myself more moderate uh, these days. And I would say that much as Cam said, there, there are certain things that um, I agree with the Democrats on, and there's things that I would agree with the Republicans on, and I would consider myself pro-life because that is the term that has been put out there. But even in that, I have, my wife and I have begun to dialogue. Well, we continue to dialogue. We've been dialoguing for a while as to what that really means to be pro-life. Yeah. And so, um, so yeah, I, I, um, didn't mean to talk so long, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm coming from this perspective of, um, somebody that was entrenched in, and I, I hope this is a fair thing to say, but was entrenched in evangelical conservatism. And I find myself questioning a lot of what I used to believe, um, and not because I want to be liked and not because I want to be popular, but because as I read the Bible and as I studied Jesus and what he did and how he lived his life, some of the things that I believe is, is, are, are truly being challenged. All right. <clears throat> so we can agree, I think, that the right to protest is legal and good. Absolutely. We can agree that freedom of speech is right and good. Yep. But we can also agree that democracy and treason, one is good, democracy, treason, bad, right? Yeah, and 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 I'll tell you this. I'll even go so far as if I look at American history and what we hold important and how things have get done, how things have gotten done, there has been some in violence. There's been violence involved. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I say that about as neutrally as I can say, violence has been involved in things getting changed. Violence has been involved in things getting done in the history of this country. Well, in the world. It's not in know, the world, but it's, I mean, yeah. but especially this country, right? Like we are a country because people committed treason against England and revolted mm-hmm. and they committed violent acts. They did. And a lot of people died because of it. Yep. And that I think is probably 
at the core of what a lot of the people that were in D.C. on January 6th thought they were doing. They were the new founding fathers of the new America, storming the government, overthrowing a corrupt and, you know, uh, unjust and, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, the, The problem is, though, Dave, is that the facts and the evidence of the corruption of the British government against the people of the colonies was in the favor of the colonial citizens. But the claims of the rigged elections and the faulty uh, counting of votes and the faking of votes and the uh, large amount of dead people that voted and all of the claims that these people were using to substantiate or justify their acts and their anger towards the government... Uh, are false. And that is the biggest differentiator between the two acts, right? Is that truth was on the side of the people that fought for their freedom against the monarchy in England. Truth is on the side of the government in this case and not on the side of the people that rose up in insurrection. And people that disagree with us I've already stopped listening because of what I've just said. <laughs> because yeah, uh, they are so convinced they are so convinced that the evidence lies in their favor and that everything is a cover-up. Which, you know, is really kind of a convenient argument. Like you could see uh one of the one of the things I saw on Twitter was Kevin Sorbo, Hercules himself was watching the stuff and was tweeting, oh, this is good. We're going to make a change. Change is happening. Holy crap, they invaded the Congress. Oh, it's Antifa that's dressed as Trump supporters. It's not really us. Well, isn't that convenient? Because 20 minutes ago, you were all about this. But as soon as, you know, and he's, you know, I guess a public figure still. I don't know. I haven't seen him in anything in 20 years. <laughs> but I think he's in like Kirk Cameron movies now. Oh, I'm so not even touching that with a 10-foot pole. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me, Dave. But the point is, is that whatever whatever needs to be done to justify the narrative is done and said, regardless of whether it's true, regardless of whether it can even be substantiated. Like, how many court cases were there? Too many. It's either 60 or 90, and I can't remember. We'll just stick with 60 to be generous of courses heard around the country or case case court cases. Oh my gosh. Heard around the country trying to object to the final vote counts. One of them got through on a technicality. All of the rest were denied for insufficient evidence. But yet the election was stolen. And I guess what what concerns me the most about this is not people being angry, is not people being sore losers and acting like children. What 
what really, really, really pisses me off about all of this is that those of us that are Christians who actually live in reality have to defend or even say, no, 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 I'm not one of those kind. I'm not, especially as a white middle-class male telling someone I'm a Christian, I, I have to say, no, I'm not a racist. No, I'm not a bigot. No, I'm not full of hate. No, I'm not this. No, I'm not that. No, I'm not that, 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 and that. Like there was a discussion we had a couple of years ago about now, like they stolen the word evangelical from us. We don't have a word to describe what we are because it used to be, we would say we're evangelical Christians, which meant we actually went to church and believed what the Bible said and tried to follow Jesus. And now we can't even use that word. So we got to make up a new one. And it's, it's not about something being taken from me because boy, does that sound like the party line for the people that were there on the sixth, <laughs> they're stealing my country. <laughs> it's more about the fact that they're misrepresenting in every conceivable way who God is, what he has called us to be and how he has called us to act, how he has shown us how to act through the life of Jesus. And frankly, Dave, I'm about ready to punch a wall. I don't know if that's coming through my voice, but just even saying that out loud, like my, I have goosebumps. I'm ready to like, because it's what they, what they, what they did, how they went about it, the things that they have said and done over the course of the last five years is not in any way indicative of who God has called his people to be, how they should treat others. In the fact, it's the antithesis of that. And so I know not everybody there is a Christian, but I know that a whole lot of them would say that they are. Yeah, there were some flags that said, you know, <laughs> for Jesus and Trump kind of a thing. And it's, it, it's, it is absolutely mind-boggling to me that that is the case. Yeah, and and that's, I think, what I, I would echo is... Like I said, I get there's a place for violence. I get that there's a place for protest. I, I get that there's a place for that. However, the people who stormed the castle, stormed the castle, stormed the capital, <laughs> a little Freudian slip there. Um, you know, I, I just, like you said, I'm a white male in, in middle-class America. I'm probably, you know, I'm a little bit closer in age to the people that I saw there. I suppose there were some folks in their thirties there, but I, even if what they are saying is true, even if what they are saying happened, I can't make the leap that we need to be storming the Capitol and calling for the president or for the vice president to be hanged. You know, that's, that's the thing. I mean, I feel like the group who did this represents that piece of America who've had nothing but their way for the last 400 years, you know? And so that's where I'm just like, it's like the first sign that anything doesn't go their way. And, and this is where we end up at. And, and again, as a follower of Jesus, 
even if what 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 they're claiming is true in terms of the the election was stolen and that Trump is the rightful president and that Biden shouldn't be there my first response as a christian is not to do what they did i just it is hard for me to rise to that level and well you're not a real patriot then dave oh, i i hate that word I I am absolutely thrilled with not being a patriot. Yep, me too. <laughs> me too. And so that's I, you know that's that's the the other part of this that I just don't I I can't even begin to understand. Your life has not been that bad that you have to do this. You know, Jesus says that there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulation. And again, I, you know, I, I don't know what the, the, the recipe, what the formula is for, you know, if you've been oppressed for a hundred years, well, now you can act out. If you've been oppressed for 250 years, you can now act out. But white middle-class men in the year 2020, 2021 have not been oppressed at all, even remotely to the point where when things don't go their way, they now suddenly have a mandate to take up arms and storm the Capitol and do what well, they did. And to your point, do you know who responds this way when they don't get what they want? Children? Toddlers. I have a four-year-old. Yeah, babies. I have a, I have yeah. a four-year-old. You throw a temper tantrum. She can speak full sentences. She can even make jokes, Dave. She can put on her own <laughs> clothes, her own shoes. She can put bows in her hair. She can work the iPad, the TV. She even helps me cook from time to time. Still poops in her pants, but for the most part... She's a functioning adult, right? except for the part where when she doesn't get candy when she wants candy, well, it's time to rage because that's the only way I know how to handle my emotions because I'm four and I want what I want and I've been coddled for a lot of my life because for most of it, I couldn't do anything for myself. So everyone else had to do it for me and that's what she's used to is everything being done for her like <gasps> shock white people with money expect things to be done for them and for the world to be theirs. And the reaction that we saw to your point was people who didn't know how to handle something not going their way. So they threw a temper tantrum. The problem is when a bunch of angry adults get together and throw a temper tantrum, violence occurs and mob mentality takes over. That's when really dumb stuff happens. You get a bunch of toddlers together that all rage. What's the worst they're going to do? Like break a chair. Maybe <laughs> they're all two feet tall and weigh 25 pounds. Like they can't really do a whole lot, mm -hmm. but a bunch of angry adults with bad intentions. And for some reason, the idea that the police and the military are going to back them when they storm a federal building full of elected officials by the very people they claim to represent is it's just, I mean, logic and reason are gone. Mm -hmm. Just, just gone. And I just, I, I don't understand. And I'm a white guy from the suburbs with an education and a job and a house and a car, right? Mm -hmm. All the trappings of society. I own nice things. 
I'm not bragging. I'm saying I am that demographic. Right. I grew up in the evangelical church. How can we come to such drastically different conclusions about what is right and what is wrong, how you fundamentally treat and care for other people, and most importantly of all of that, what the Bible says and who God is calling us to be? And how can I, as a white male from the suburbs with an education and a job, not have my religion and my faith tied up in politics, but yet so many other people can. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I've, I've never understood how they become so intertwined. And it's dangerous when they do, whether you're an extreme to the right or an extreme to the left or somewhere in the middle. If, if your religion and your politics and, and, don't even tell me there's there's no people that don't have faith that aren't extreme liberals. They have faith. It's just called atheism. It's faith in not God, right? It's still it's still a faith and a belief in something, right? Yeah. How 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 they become so intertwined that you can't tell them apart. So that when one gets threatened, they both are threatened. And in every possible circumstance, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, where politics and religion combine. Politics strips religion of all of its truth and replaces it with the politics. Yeah. That is why you'll see extreme people to the right picketing the funerals and the, or the, the weddings of homosexuals and saying that God hates them. Or picketing the arrival of soldiers who have been on deployment for years, seeing their family for the first time, saying that God hates them. teaching people to hate in the name of God. And there's absolutely no basis for it in, in logic or in the Bible. If God hated things that weren't white, why did he make so much of humanity not white? And all of humanity <laughs> is made in his image. If God wanted Christianity to be represented by conservative evangelical republicanism in America in the last 20 years... Why is there countless millennia of human history, none of which was white or Republican or conservative in America? And yet, that's what these people would lead us to believe, and it's, it's absolutely dumbfounding. Yeah. Um, I, I, I... I, I I absolutely agree. And, you know, I, you, you look at the life of Jesus and the expectation of the Jewish people when he came and we, we celebrate Palm Sunday, which is the triumphant entry, triumphal entry. Um, they were expecting him to go to the throne. They were expecting him to become king Mm-hmm. over Israel. I mean, this is, I mean, politics and religion was interwoven in Jesus' day yep. in Israel. It, it, and they were absolutely expecting Jesus to sit on his throne and become king. Mm-hmm. And that is not at all what he did. 
No, and he and he would have been right to do it then too because they were being <laughs> occupied by the Romans. They were being yeah. oppressed. They were like, <laughs> if there ever was a time for Jesus to show up and kick out the oppressors and save his people, like God had did with the Israelites when they were enslaved in Egypt, that would have been the time. Mm-hmm. But even yeah. then, Dave, even then. He didn't because it's not about this world. It is not about this world. I hate to disappoint any of you who are listening and disagree with what Kim and I are saying. It is not about America. It is not about America and our relationship with Jerusalem. It is about the eternal life that we have after this life is over. That is where Jesus is going to rule. That is where he is going to be king. And if you have any, even a remotely inclination that Trump is God's chosen, I really, really have a, like, I can't even begin to understand how you have come to that conclusion. Well, Let's let's clarify real quick. If you think that he's God's chosen, as in is a positive choice, he is as in he is God's positive anointed. choice, anointed, anointed. Further. Yes, because God I, chose I, some stinkers in Israel's king's line too. He chose some real stinkers <laughs> there to make a point. Yes. That is point. that is that is absolutely true. In fact, this morning I. As I was reading scripture, I read about David and Bathsheba and that whole just mess and how God redeemed that. Mm-hmm. So even, even as these words are coming out of my mouth, I, it, it, God is a big God. He is a mighty God. Um, I am no longer a, a fan of the phrase, everything happens for a purpose. I choose to believe that it is God can redeem anything. Yes. Uh, and I'm not saying that some of the, the, the former is true in terms of, there's purpose behind the things that happen, but, but, but I'm a much bigger believer in that God can redeem just about anything. And if he can redeem an adulterous affair, um, that results in the lineage of Jesus, including that (laughs) relationship, then so be it. Because God, like I said, God's a big God. He can redeem everything. But we're not right there. We are not about God putting white evangelicals in power because, oh my gosh, it is just so egocentric, so myopic in terms of our perspective. Um, much, much bigger world, much bigger plan. So... Yeah, it's, I, I guess my, the thing that I've struggled with personally, once, you know, I had a few days to process what happened and, and get my <laughs> thoughts on it. And then I started to get angry and judgmental mm. towards, towards those people. Sure. And I, I realized as we were talking tonight, and I should have realized this when it was happening, God still loves those people. Jesus Absolutely. still di- Jesus still died for those people. And it doesn't matter if I disagree with them. It doesn't matter if they were right or if they were wrong. 
Jesus still died for them. God still loves them. And it is still the work of the Holy Spirit to convict each of us, regardless of where we stand politically or on what happened on the 6th, to convict us of our sin and to draw us closer to God. And so one of one of the things that um I don't know if I read it in Tim in a Tim Keller book or if I listened to it in one of his sermons it was this idea of tolerance and the uh the falsehood that atheists think that they are more tolerant than Christians are. And and the rub here is before before you get mad at me or you know hoorah me when I say that it's the concept, right, that atheists think that they are more tolerant because they're more inclusive of people than Christians are, when in fact, they don't tolerate faith. They think faith is is bad and wrong, and if you have it, you know, you're a dummy or you're confused, right? The very, the very nature of tolerance is disagreeing with somebody and allowing that disagreement to exist without combating yep. it. So... If we, if we want to be people of faith and if we want to show tolerance and if we want to show grace and if we want to show kindness and love to those that God has called us, you know, called to be our neighbors, we have to see people with all of their flaws and say, I disagree with you. I don't understand you. And I want to be mad at you for it, but Jesus loves you. Jesus died for you. God loves you. I'm called to love you too. So we have to be tolerant in that way of, of disagreeing, of, of, of being confused, uh, of feeling like we're right and they're wrong, and set that aside and do what Jesus has exemplified for us and what God has called us to do, which is to love those people. And Dave, I really don't want to right now. I really don't. Because I can't, I can't understand. And that's really frustrating. And I don't, you know, there's plenty of things I won't understand in this <laughs> life. Yeah. You know, there's plenty of things I won't understand, but it's a lot easier to judge somebody and dislike or even despise somebody you disagree with. It's a lot harder and a lot more mature and a lot more godly to love them. And I think this is an opportunity for us as Christians who disagree with what happened on the 6th, and those who are Christians who approve of what happened on the 6th to show each other a whole lot of love and grace and try to figure out what we're going to do. Because the feeling I get is this is going to get a lot worse before it gets any better. And that's a bit terrifying. Um, I, I don't want to see any more people die because of this. It's completely unnecessary. Um, but I'm, I'm not under any illusions that, that that won't happen. 
I think history is going to be made in the next couple of years multiple times and not in a good way. And that kind of breaks my heart. Yeah, and that's, I, I, I want to just say, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying in terms of as much as I disagree with people right now and disagree with what is going on. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and even as you said, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be in this place of, of, of forgiving. I don't want to be in this place of acknowledging that I'm just as sinful. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, because there's nothing righteous about my, my stance. It's, it's, it's what I believe and it's what I hold true to. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I think God is, has really given you a word, Cam, and I appreciate you sharing that because it was very just convicting for me of just, yes, you are absolutely right. And you're right because I, I think it's God's truth of we are called to love. We are called to forgive. We are, we are called to acknowledge our own brokenness and we are all extremely broken, um, I think our country is broken and uh, I think um, the, you know, uh, my prayer lately has been God forgive us, forgive us for each of us um, putting ourselves, our perspectives, our wants above yours. And I just pray that we would all repent and acknowledge that we are in dire need of God and we're in dire need of him to do something uh, before we do self-destruct. Um, so yeah, thank you for sharing that because that is certainly um, true of who God is and what he calls us to be. Yeah, man. Hmm. Well, I'm kind of spent. <laughs> yeah. Yo. Is that uh, anything else that you want to um, chat about before we uh, head off into the evening? No, I just ask, I, I just hope that we can all go before God humbly and ask that his will be done. Not ours, but his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, that we would truly just ask him to be present, to move in a mighty way, and that we would all just be willing to um, give up our position for his. And that's it. Agreed. Let's show each other a lot of grace this week. I'm sure we could all use some. All right. Well, that's episode 178 in the books, folks. If you're still listening, uh, we appreciate it. <laughs> and uh, you can find uh, show notes in your podcast app uh, of choice or at supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash 178. And there's links to all the goodies there. And, um, you know, if you want to yell at me on Twitter for what I said this episode, please don't. <laughs> You can talk to me on Twitter. 
I'd rather have a conversation than than be yelled at. Just letting you know. Uh, anyways, that's it. Farewell. Ta-ta for now. Until next time. Bye. Bye.